Welcome to Why Gifts Matter from the Core Gift Institute, a series of conversations spanning helping professions, spiritual traditions, and community encouragers who believe that knowing your gifts and giving them is an essential part of living a full life and creating healthy communities. Find out more about us at www.coregift.org. I'm Nick Maisie, special guest host today, coming to you on behalf of the Core Gift Institute. In this episode of Why Gifts Matter, I'm talking with Michelle Murphy. Michelle and I connected last year after Michelle reached out following a couple of presentations in which she'd seen me speaking about gifts. Michelle is a physiotherapist and health coach, specialising in women's health needs, and she's been on a really interesting journey of self-discovery. Michelle shared with me that connecting with this idea of gifts was a real eye-opener for her. It really unlocked something quite different about the way that she saw herself and her life. And it's been really beautiful to get to know Michelle a little bit better and understand what that journey has looked like for her. In this episode, we hear a little bit about Michelle's path, her experiences as a mother, her experiences wrestling with this difference between um, what it means to be good at and following through on the things that we are really strong at and wanting to achieve in the world versus this innate desire to connect with who we are more deeply and what really matters to us at our core. Michelle bravely and honestly shares what the experience has been like for her really wrestling with a path forward that is just innately her. Let's tune in. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining me this morning for a conversation about gifts. Um, I know that this is a concept that really resonated with you the first time that you heard about it. What was it about the notion of gifts that struck a chord with you? So I guess if you'd asked me before I'd come across yourself what someone's gifts were, I would have associated with things that you are good at with quite a, 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 what I would describe as a masculine concept of achievement and, um, yeah, you know, things that you are inherently good at. So you can be a gifted athlete or you can be gifted academically. And certainly I was driven through my, well, my childhood and my my, uh, educational years to achieve and so I drove very hard at school to get good grades not really for any other goal other than it was good to get good grades <laughs> because I was academically gifted I pursued swimming because I was good at it when I finished high school I remember looking through the university job options and thinking right well I'm going to aim for a good grade so I'm going to only look at the options that are the top um, the top uh, course options are the hardest ones to get into so I remember looking at vet medicine physio and something else law I think and I thought no physio uh, it did resonate with me because I am a people person and so that um, you know it still tells me something about I guess my what my gifts are but I didn't really think what do I actually really love doing it was really more around what am I good at this is what this is what I'm going to pursue so I think my you know, in hindsight, when I look back, my issues with this perception of gifts is it doesn't really allow for 
the, the softer, more beautiful gifts that I think the world desperately needs today, it's productivity, achievement, expansion focused. And there was something inside me that was definitely not particularly happy with that view. You know, I'd gone through a career, I'd really climbed the ranks in terms of what was achievable at the, the job I was at, gotten into middle management, and that was a great experience, but this is actually not, not really uh, doing it for me, but where else do I go from here? Where else do I climb? I took on a master's degree, which in, well, actually not even in hindsight at the time, I hated it. <laughs> it was so not what I wanted to do, but, you know, I was like, this will be good. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get this under my belt and it'll be a fantastic achievement. Don't get me wrong, I learned a lot from it, but I really did not enjoy it. <laughs> um, but ironically, it was at my master's by research graduation ceremony um, where I saw you speak. And it was, I, I actually missed my undergraduate graduation ceremony because I was so burnt out after fourth year of physio that I booked a flight for the, I think it was the day after my exams finished and I took off to the US for six months. I'm like, I don't even care if I've passed. I don't care about the graduation ceremony. I just got to go out and ski. And, and that's what I did and traveled around the US for, for six months came back and managed to, you know, work part-time because I was so burnt out from my efforts at uni. Uh, but anyway, so my graduation ceremony, I thought I should go, this will be nice. I mean, I'm more of a headspace to appreciate um, this, this ceremony. So I went along, it was really nice, it was really inspirational, we had fireworks and, um, and you spoke about your work and it, it did, it really struck a chord. I was like, wow, that's that's a whole different outlook and a whole different pathway and look at the, the success you have achieved um, with a more, uh, I don't know, inclusive, softer is, is the word I'd like to use, approach to, to life and career. So that really, uh, I really enjoyed it, I thought that's, that was really inspiring but, you know, didn't sort of do anything with that as such. And then I was at, I think, the second a rotary meeting so uh, my Rotary Club Beaufort Rotary Club I wasn't a member at the time but I was attending the meetings to, to find out what they were all about because I did have this real sense of wanting to give back more than I was currently giving and, and Rotary this particular Rotary Club um, seemed to be a viable option for me within what I had energy wise in life being a mum and, um, and working and studying and all that so you were one of the guest speakers at, at I think the second meeting that I attended and there you really delved more into is it the the Winston Churchill scholarship is that uh, the Westpac the Fellowship Westpac was Fellowship where I first connected with this okay. concept really more deeply yes yeah. yes and you spoke about gifts in a way that was a real aha moment for me it was a real light bulb going off which um yeah which is interesting in hindsight but so you spoke about gifts as being things that you are inherently good at. No. Well, I should let you define it, but but I remember thinking it's you don't have to be good at it was was more the the theme that I got from it. You don't have to be good at it. It's things that you resonate with, that you love, that give you joy, that you know, give you a sense of inclusivity 
that connect you with other people but you don't have to be good at them it's not about achieving and striving oh my goodness (laughs) and you know you invited us to go away and consider you know what are your gifts so I, I really did and I remember asking you at that meeting what are your gifts and you looked at me and you said my gift is making people feel worthy and I was like wow 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 that is your gift <laughs> because in that moment I, I felt worthy absolutely so um, so I did I went away and reflected on what are my gifts and I really thought back through my childhood and you know some some common themes arose so I've always been really passionate about getting people together for positive connection so I used to create clubs you know and invite all these people to join um, I had so many clubs um, and you know no one else in my class was was creating clubs um, just to get people together and, and do stuff and what were some of these clubs oh gosh <laughs> uh, so I don't even really know there was nothing really specific but it was just about getting together and and have we'd have meetings and we'd ha- we had a clubhouse and I'm not sure we had any specific goals <laughs> oh there was a specific goal one we um we were going to plant trees that's right we there was a dry desolate oval outside our school and I thought we could plant trees there that's right and so we had to get council approval and we went around and collected rubbish and asked the neighbors to donate you know 10 cents a bag of rubbish and we ended up with a few bucks and I remember our parents taking us down to the council to get approval to buy trees and plant them in the oval so stuff like that um, yeah which I think I was sort of nine or ten so I've always really enjoyed that and then you know more recently I um, created this uh, sort of like a book club but I call it the school of life so just a group of friends and we had to pick a theme or a topic and get together and similar to book club a lot of it was just about catching up and drinking wine but um, you know the topics were really beautiful far-ranging so for example you know addiction um, you know should we change Australia day um, wine um, so really broad range of topics but that person was tasked with doing some research coming up with some articles or some books or some YouTube videos for us to watch and we'd get together and and chat about them and yeah so this when I reflected on this gift it sort of gave me this inspiration that I really wanted to tie in my work as a a physio and this passion for for women's health um, specifically um, and and create some beautiful events where we could bring women together and I guess you know explore their gifts so I actually got you obviously to to run one of the events with me which is a gift exploration exercise because I was just like wow this has really had a big impact on me I want to share this concept with with other people but I think for me the, the whole idea of our gifts is it 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 gives a much kinder look at ourselves and the way we approach the world. So I think if you only look at your gifts in terms of that striving, achievement, you know, things I'm good at, then when you don't achieve or there's some stumbling block, block it 
you can become quite self-critical, you know, you know, why can't I stay motivated to do this? You know, I'm not good enough, why do I always stuff this up? There's sort of that self-talk comes in and, you know, I sort of notice this for myself. Whereas when you look at it from a softer approach, it's, I don't know, it's just a more kind perception of yourself. So for this is one example that I was thinking of. So I think, well, I perceive myself to have a gift of loving my children fiercely, which I can put my hand on my heart and, and say with absolute certainty that that is a gift I have. And I'm not a perfect mother, I know that, but no mother is. But when you try to strive for perfection, that's when the guilt kicks in, you know, I'm not there enough, I don't do enough. Whereas when you look at it from that perspective, maybe that's true, but I love them fiercely. That is a gift that I can put my hand on my heart and say, that is true. And that's so much kinder and more constructive because the guilt just backfires. It, it has no positive effects, you know, it just makes you feel worse about, you know, your so-called flaws and, and mistakes. Whereas if you come back to, yes, I didn't do a perfect job today, but I know that I love them fiercely and they know that, then you can go to sleep at night knowing that at least. <laughs> so that's a very long answer to to your question. I think it's such a thoughtful answer and there's obviously so much reflection mm. that you've been doing throughout that whole process. I think it's really lovely hearing your journey of exploration. Yes, there's been, I mean, we go through many phases in our life, but I truly believe, you know, the transformation to parenthood is one of the most dramatic and for me it really just shifted um, my perspective enormously, mainly because I went through a period of quite significant anxiety after I had my son and it really just made me think what's going on like I am really struggling why and you know that self-reflection and then you know the universe kind of throws people and experiences in your path that I think I do believe that you're meant to come across if you're open to it if you're open to seeing the the, the messages and that just links you in with other experiences and suddenly like wow Beautiful. <laughs> There's a real theme that I could hear through your story about this wrestle between what am I good at and what, who am I and what am I more deeply drawn to do. And it sounded like it was the what am I good at influences that had been really strong in perhaps shaping you before you got to a certain point. I can certainly relate to that, as I'm sure so many people can. What do you think it is about the way that we live that really puts so much emphasis on what are we, what are you good at, mm. and what le what leads us to be living our lives with that focus? Yeah, well, this is gosh, this is very deep, isn't it? But I think it's that it's capitalism. If you want to go really big, it's that myth of eternal expansion you know that strive and I think well I believe that we have you know existed in a very masculine patriarchal society in the western world in particular for a very long time which values achievement and striving and 
you know you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get on with it kind of uh, mentality which you know has its merits don't get me wrong but I think it has um, and I think for women it's a, it's a unique issue as well in that certainly I was raised to believe that the sky's the limit. I can do anything if I work hard enough and if I try hard enough and I strive hard enough. And my parents didn't put a great deal of pressure on me, but I always knew that I wanted to do really well in the world. And my view of that was, yeah, very much based on um, striving, achievement, working hard and, you know, that, you know, to make good money and to have a good career were sort of the ultimate goals. And, you know, you, you get married and you buy a house and but for me it was always academic sort of career um yeah it was very 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 inbuilt in me and I'm not I'm trying to think back but I always had that in me that drive at school to do to do well and I think it's um time to perhaps relook at the way we structure our education systems perhaps um, I would love because I look at my son he's just starting kindy and you know I'm one of the most overeducated people that I know in terms of you know, degrees and and I, I do love to learn <laughs> but um, you know when I think for my son I don't care well n not that I don't care but I know he's going to learn to read and write and all the, the academic things and unfortunately you know he, he doesn't have any learning disabilities he's, he's going to be fine so I kind of just put that in one compartment but what I really care about is the soft skills and to try to nurture that in him and I hope that that is part of his school education obviously that's such a big role that us as his parents play and and the other caregiving people in his life but those are the things that are really important to me that he has empathy and that he values diversity and that he does what he loves not just what he thinks he should do and so I think that's a reflection of my own life and my own education in wanting that for him because you know you hear and and yeah, so many parents going, oh, I want my kid to be a doctor or, or, a, or a dentist or, or whatever. And I don't care at all what he wants to do. I don't even care if he doesn't want to go to uni, but I just want him to do what he wants to do and pursue his dreams as long as he tries and, you know, and has some passion and obviously I'm not going to be too chuffed if he just wants to game in his bedroom all, all day, but um, unless he creates some amazing game. and then, <laughs> No, but I guess my point is that yeah, I ironically review my education and although I do value it, I hope that my son takes a bit of a different path and I think some of that would need to come from some really big structural changes in the way we run the world because America, I guess, is our key role model for, for Western capitalism is, well... They're in a state of bother at the moment, aren't they? But I think we can't continue the way we're going and think that it is sustainable at every level. Education, you know, business, the environment, it's just not sustainable. When you 
sit back and take that big picture perspective and look at everything that's happening in the world right now, what does that make you think about in terms of your gifts and what your contribution might look like within the context of your life? Yeah. I think for me, for where I'm currently at in my life, which is, you know, two young children working, studying, so I'm busy, like everyone is busy, but to me, I think just at that individual level as a starting point. So number one, you know, trying to raise my children with with those skills that we kind of just talked about, so empathy and understanding that every human is unique and important and has a right to basic human rights. And then at a work level for me to really prioritise developing a connection with each of the patients that I see as a, as a physiotherapist. And for me, I prioritise that connection um, almost over the, all the, you know, the clinical and diagnostic skills. Obviously you need those and you need to give people the right advice, but to me, you know, developing that connection, making people feel better about having connected with you in that period is a, a gift that I can give to that person on, on that day. You know, just the interactions with, with the other staff at, at work, the interactions with the people at the supermarket, like just being conscious of how you can make a difference, because I do believe you can, just at those small interactional moments. So the epically small moments, as I like to call them. Um, yeah. It sound, so, sounds like it's bringing the clubhouse feel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's all just little clubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Yeah. I don't know, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I guess also taking responsibility for learning and that's that's a big thing, you know, when we look at what's going on in the world and you know, for example, the the racial crises going on, I think trying to take responsibility for learning about how to be better in that arena is really important because you know I've been listening to some podcasts from some very influential African-American scholars and the concept that it's not just good enough to not to be racist we need to strive to be anti-racist and oh that's yeah that's hard, uncomfortable, difficult learning, but I think if we all, you know, took some responsibility for striving to, to learn more about how we can be better, that's a, that's a starting point. You, you're, you really strike me as someone who is this avid learner. That seems to be this thread throughout life too. Mm-hmm. How do you use your gifts or look to your gifts to help guide where you do focus your learning when it might feel like there's so many different things that we could learn about or ways that we could be developing ourselves? Well, to be honest, it's all a process of self-discovery and so it's almost selfish, I suppose, in, in that way. But I find that if I learn more about, the more I learn about myself and my 
issues, I suppose, and the struggles I have and have had, the more I can relate to other people and, and share those experiences from a place of personal reflection. And I found that so useful. It's why I'm so passionate about women's health physio, because I've had two children. So I, I know what it feels like to be pregnant. I know what it feels like to deliver babies. I know what it feels like to be really anxious, postnatal anxiety. I know what it feels like to feel mother's guilt. So I'm better at that than treating someone who has an ACL tear because I've never had an ACL tear. So for me, that deep knowing and, and personal experience makes me a better clinician. So yeah, a lot of what I choose to learn is I want to know this. <laughs> so for me, because it's a healing process and it's like, wow, okay, now I know myself better. And so therefore I can share that, um, you know, with anyone who cares to, <laughs> to sit down with me or, you know, my patients or my family. So yeah, for example, I was very fortunate recently, fortunate recently to win a course so it's relationship um, course I've wanted to do a year ago but you couldn't take a newborn baby to and in hindsight I'm like that's probably a really good thing it probably would have been way too much it's this eight week course in person and I remember ringing them and saying no it's probably not appropriate to have a newborn baby and crazy but um, they had an online competition a couple of months ago just you know write a, a facebook post as to why you would like to attend the course so i wrote a very it took me two minutes i didn't overthink it i just literally said i wanted to do this last year um i you know i couldn't because i have a newborn i'd love to do it again this year um, i think you know to understand my own relationships better and uh, my ability to share that with my patients um and i want it so i'm doing this relationship course in um in starts end of September yeah a couple of weeks so yeah it's it's quite selfish I suppose in that I really want to learn about my own relationships and how I relate to you know my son um, we have our struggles as you do with a <laughs> with a defiant feisty four-year-old and I feel myself getting triggered by some of his um, you know behaviors and they do say that the things you don't like in your kids are often the things you don't like in yourself. I don't know, but um, I really would like to delve more into, yeah, my relationship with my son, with my husband, um, and then I'm sure that will have value in my work and friendships. And so, yeah, it really comes from a place of wanting to learn more about myself, to be brutally honest. <laughs> Even the women's health stuff was you know, my own issues that I experienced after having babies, physical, mental, emotional, I was like, oh wow, there's actually a, there's actually a degree I can do in this. Woo, okay, I'm down. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. And maybe we, there's a real negative connotation around the word selfish, but I think when we, when we really think about it, our gifts are very much about these little parts of us that are really connected to this ongoing journey of learning and discovery and through that we then find ways to share our gifts with others in ways that are mutually beneficial and enriching and healing yeah so absolutely. that makes a lot of sense mm. yeah no it's definitely made a big difference for me if you if you look back on this version of you from the past that was still very caught up in the the version of you that you thought you needed to be in the world the one that was good enough and the one that was very achievement focused, the one that was living uh, 
with a lot of value on what you were good at, but knowing that there was uh, maybe a deeper disconnect that was going on for you, what advice would you give to that past version of yourself? Uh, that, that really resonates with me because I look back and I had such a facade. I was a little bit aware of it, I think. You know, I wasn't that keen on um, being vulnerable or, or showing my any struggles. You know, I was the person that had it all together. Um, I'm so much more authentic now and, you know, willing to be vulnerable and I share my love really openly with the people that I love. So I was really, I don't know, I would say loosen up. Like, (laughs) just (laughs) let go of the facade, you know, let people see you for who you are and, you know, you're all right. You don't need to be good at everything to be valued. Um, You don't need to be good at everything to value yourself. Yeah, that would, it would be, you know, let your guard down a bit. Um, and what might those first few steps look like when that feels really difficult and uncomfortable? Mm, yeah, because for me it took having a baby. So, you know, I've heard this theme a lot with, with patients that I, that I work with and, and people that I know that it took something really quite big to, to snap them out and I would like to think there might be a way that you can make those steps without it having to take you know a big illness or having a baby like that those really big formative events but I'm not sure <laughs> because I think you can you can read um, all the information in the world and you can talk to people but until you experience and live through things um, and it, it's certainly harder I'm not saying it's impossible but yeah if I think of the me before, hmm, what would it have taken? I'm not convinced I would have taken it on. Hmm. I was pretty set in my ways. I don't know, I think maybe just a bit of time. Maybe time would have done it and just seeing that. I did, to be fair, I did have a, a feeling of underlying discontent. So I remember because, you know, everything was good on the surface, I had a good job, good relationship, everything was good, great even, but I did have an underlying sense of disconnect. I was like, is this, is this all, kind of, is this all? <laughs> and that sounds, I don't know, ungrateful when it wasn't that, but it was more a sense of like, I think that I have more to give. I think there's more to me than I'm currently existing as, but I, and I was trying to explore that in ways that weren't really working so at one point I remember I was convinced that it was leaving Australia and going and working somewhere else that was going to be it so I did a language languages other than English training course with the idea of moving to Shanghai (laughs) to to teach English Um, so it's quite you know I thought that's that's the answer you know I've got to get out I'm, I'm just taking it too easy here in Australia I've got to get out and really challenge myself and but the problem was my husband didn't want to do that. <laughs> so he was like, what? I don't want to move to Shanghai. I was like, why? <laughs> so um, that sort of got put on the back burner and then um, it, it never happened. But I was definitely searching for something. And maybe if I wasn't married, maybe I would have moved to Shanghai. Maybe that would have, maybe, maybe that experience might have made me view things differently. But um, sounded like you were looking for something to disrupt Yes. This current state to to enable something else to come through. Yes. 
Yes, definitely. So that's one thing kids are good for, <laughs> amongst many. But I was. I was definitely looking for something. I don't think I even knew what it was, but I just had this underlying sense of um, I need something to change. And I don't think I, I definitely didn't recognise that it was almost myself um, and my way of looking at the world and my whole belief system to an extent needed, not needed, but... Um, I felt that desire to, to change and be more, yeah, courageous, vulnerable, open, less guarded. I'm still guarded. It's still a, that's a very much a evolving journey. I still struggle to be vulnerable, and but I'm so much better at that now. And I, when I look back at sort of the bandwidth I was living my life in before I had my children, it was very much in a, a very limited bandwidth. You know. I'd, didn't have in many major stresses um, but you know part of that was the control whereas now I feel like my life's in this just this huge roller coaster but the you know the highs are higher but the lows are so much lower but um, I embrace that it's I'm actually feeling all the feels <laughs> so much more deeply so yeah I'm not sure if I would have got there who knows that's a mm, mm, maybe with time and what about what's next for you? What does the road ahead look like? Mm. Well, I I guess at the moment I'm focused on becoming the best. Mm. That sounds strivey, doesn't it? But. next for me I don't know I think I'm just rolling with the punches a bit at the moment you know I've got I've got a one-year-old I've got a four-year-old so it's it feels like just that motherhood journey is constantly evolving you know my son my son starts pre-primary next year but I've still got a little baby Um, I'm working and I love I absolutely love this job that I have at the moment it is so good to wake up and just think yes I got work today like I love everything about it I love the connections I make with my patients I'm really just nurturing that and I'm just really committed to every patient that I have a dealing with to making that prioritizing making that connection so I'm really loving that I'm currently working on a bit of a a project of my own podcast which is sharing stories of women who've had and everyone's got a story this is the fascinating thing every woman I know has got an interesting story so it's just a matter of who's willing to come and chat with me on a podcast but with the goal of um, providing it as a resource to other women because a common theme I get in the clinic is women say I wish I'd known this before xyz or I wish I'd heard someone else who's got a similar story because Often, given the nature of my work, which is quite intimate, you know, it's 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 pelvic floor, it's um, which is around you know um, continence issues, prolapse, painful sex, so issues that we don't necessarily talk about over the the dinner table. And often I'll have women come in and go, "This is really embarrassing to tell you," and I'm sure I'm the only one. You, you know, like there's this sense of I'm I'm a bit weird because I must be the only person who's got this problem. And I think it's really reassuring for them to them for me to say you are not alone this is a really common issue it's just we don't talk about it like we talk about our knee strain or or whatever and so that can be 
really reassuring. Sometimes I can just see the weight lifting off their shoulders as they as they leave the room, and all we've done is chat about um, you know their experience. And I sort of thought it would be great if if for those who are willing to share their experience, if we could use that as a resource to um, to let people know that oh, actually, I'm not alone. You know, lots of other people have gone through this and have had similar experiences. I think I think there's something very valuable in shared experience. So that's a little project that I've got going on, um, which is very time consuming, as you <laughs> would know. I've got an exam and a assignment due in a couple of weeks, so my head's down with that. So that's sort of as far as I have uh, have looked. But yeah, I feel the future's bright and the potential is endless, and where it will all go, not sure yet. But I'm getting this sense of like bravery and letting go of the expectation and the attachment to a plan, like a really concrete plan for what the road ahead has to look like and really valuing being you, being here, doing that now and bringing your gifts into the different parts of your life right now and every day. You're very good. You're very insightful because I've been thinking about that lately, going, you know, because I've had friends say, oh my God, you've started a podcast. And I went, yeah, like I just went for a walk with my daughter one day and I thought that'd be a great idea and she was asleep so I stopped on the curb on the verge there was some grass out you know not far from our home so I'll just let her sleep rather than take her home where my son will wake her up so I, and you never know how long you've got when a baby's asleep I thought I might have 10 minutes or but I ended up having 40 minutes because she had a really good sleep that afternoon so I had 40 minutes on the verge with my iPhone and just started googling you know how do you do a podcast and so just trolled through that was oh, okay it's, it's actually not that hard you just you know you've got all these um platforms that you can just upload you need a microphone so i googled microphone so that'll do i guess the beauty of being time poor is it makes you a, a really quick decision maker because i'm like i don't have time to research all of this so i just googled what's a good microphone you know i was like that'll do ordered it um which is the best um you know platform that'll do and yeah i think i've just become so much better at just having a go yeah just have a crack you know it'll it'll sort itself out just make that first decision you'll figure the rest out um and part of that is well being time poor but you could look at that from both angles I suppose but I just now am quite yeah good at having a crack (laughs) and I'm really I am proud of that part of me like I think um I no longer have that I do still have a fear of failure but I was really driven, I think, before over a fear of failure. So a lot of my striving was, oh, my God, what if I failed this, you know? Whereas now I'm like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> just have a go. It probably won't fail because in my experience, you don't, I haven't failed that much, you know, and they're all, it's not like it's, you know, that risky. It's just um, having a go and putting yourself out there. I think that's the, the biggest thing that I was sort of like, oh, you know, once you start to put yourself out there, you open yourself up to criticism and people saying who are you to do this and and that and that sort of crossed my mind but I was like oh well but I guess the alternative is to to not live as you and that feels like the greatest loss yes absolutely yeah to run your life based on what some internet troll might say is not not the way to live is it (laughs) Um, but yeah I am yeah I feel quite fearless at the moment yeah that's really special Mm, thank you well you're definitely giving me that bit more fearless to take you (laughs) into my day ahead (laughs) 
Was there anything that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to share in this conversation? Mm, I guess just I would love to, to thank you. I think, as I've told you before, you had a really big impact on my life without um, meaning to, obviously, but just by doing what you do. And so I can't help but imagine you know, the other lives that you have helped just by, by sharing this simple message, which allows us to look at ourselves through a lens of kindness and almost affection, you know. I mean, here's a prime example is my husband gets really annoyed at me because I'm terrible at glad wrapping the vegetables. Whereas, you know, and I could, you know, he says, you just, why can't you do it? And I'm like, because I am focusing on other things, you know, I'm focusing on bigger things. That's just not a priority for me. I don't waste time worrying about the little things. <laughs> so that's um, one kind, kind lens that I have put on myself where I could be self-critical, but um, that's an example that we laugh about. But no, I, I think this concept that you have come up with and, and the work that you do in the world is, is helping individuals, it's helping communities, it's helping humanity and I really think it's the work that you're doing that is going to make the biggest difference in our troubled world at the moment. So I, I guess I just wanted to thank you from, from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate that so much and it's actually really interesting for me looking back on some of those experiences that you mentioned where we first connected from my my point of view because I think about those couple of presentations and how how I was wrestling with that fear even in those moments and, and the, in the lead up to them these the just this inherent need to connect with what felt so true and right for me but still wrestling with the same things that you've talked about really uh, the sense of um, am I good enough to do this do I have the strength to do this the the expectation so I'm so appreciative of what you've shared and I, th I really think that we're all in this together mm -hmm. my work is your work your work is my work mm. yeah that's a beautiful way of putting putting it thanks for your time no worries thank you Nick Thank you for listening. To hear more podcasts, explore our gift library, or learn about our training opportunities, visit us at www.coregift.org.